Seven seconds. Seven seconds. That's all it takes. And in those seven seconds, we all do it. We all do it. Seven seconds, all it takes. Seven seconds, we all do. Seven seconds to form a first impression. Seven seconds to form a first impression. When you and I meet someone, you know what? Immediately when we first meet them, you know, we start sizing them up. It's just kind of human nature. And you, and you meet them and you say, okay, I met this person and, and I'm looking at their appearance. And okay, they've got this haircut. They've got this makeup. They're, they're wearing these kind of clothes. They've got these kind of accessories. And you start forming this impression. And then you see how they present themselves. You see their body posture. You know, you're looking at their facial uh, gestures. You're looking at their eye contact. You're hearing their voice impressions. And, and, you know, you're making an impression. And then you start running that through that internal uh, computer that we all have up here, right between our ears. You know, and we start, you know, it's our experiences. And it's our values. And, you know, it's, it's what we've known before, and, it, and, and it's just kind of what we think about things. And so we, we process that, that, you know, what we're experiencing right through that. And you know what pops out the other side? Is a label. What pops out the other side of that in that seven seconds is a label. And so I want to invite you today. We're going to kind of try a little bit to see how it works, okay? And, and uh, Doug, you ready, man? We're ready to go. Here we're going to, Doug's are. We're working on a screen. Okay. We're going to ask you... First impression. One, two, three. No, don't don't you have to say that. But I like I like the that's good. Uh, but but I uh, just form it right here. Okay. All right. Next. First impression. One, two, three. First impression. One, two, three. First impression. Next one. There we go. One, two, three. That's good. All right, you got your first impressions. Okay, I'm sorry I don't have a picture for this next one, but I'll describe this, and I want to get your first impression. It's a guy, 30 years old, doesn't have a job. He's not married. Hangs out with his friends, you know, and really, none of them are working, you know. They're just kind of bumming. They're just kind of bumming around. And they're kind of traveling around as they, uh, they bum around. And, and what they do is they kind of, you know, you, you wonder, well, how do they make it? Well, they kind of mooch off of people. And, and really, the people that they're mooching off is kind of the, the lower end of the, uh, of the scale here in terms of, of the socioeconomic picture of things. You know? And this guy has a tendency to say things. And some of them are pretty insightful, actually, but, but some of the things he says, well, yes, he just rubs people the wrong way, particularly respectable people. He rubs respectable people the wrong way. It's like he has this authority issue, you know? And he, and he rubs them the wrong way to, to the point that, you know, this, this guy's pushing too many buttons. Uh, we got to, you know, we got to move this guy on, all right? All right. First impression. First impression. I'll tell you what my first impression is. It says capital L for loser. <laughs> you know, I have a couple of sons. And I tell you, if they got to the point where they gave 30, no job, no marriage, bumming around with their friends, mooching off of everybody, uh, you know, uh, just kind of spouting off about stuff, I, 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 you know, I don't know. That's not, that's not, up, 
<laughs> that's not the agenda for us, you know. <laughs> that's not where my head would be at in terms of what I would want for them. I'd kind of put, I'd put the, uh, you know, it's kind of like, there's his L right there. But who am I describing? Jesus. I'm describing Jesus from a human point of view. That's the way the apostle puts it. That's the way the Bible puts it today. Describing Jesus from a human point of view. You read through the the biographies of Jesus. You read through the Gospels. You can read all of those things in the Bible. They're, They're right there for all of us to see, for all of us to read about. You know, we put a label on that. But you and I know, just like the apostle said today, that, you know, we've gone beyond that label, haven't we? We once looked at Jesus like that, but we don't look at Jesus like that anymore, do we? I mean, that's why we're here. We don't, look, we don't do that. That's what he says today. You know, he says, what we've done is, is we've gone beyond the label. We've given Jesus a second chance at a first impression. You and I have looked deeper. We've looked at what's below and what's beneath. And we've done that. And as we've done that, what you and I have discovered, what you and I have seen is that, that that's exactly what Jesus does for everybody Jesus meets. That's exactly what Jesus does for everybody Jesus meets. Jesus goes beyond the label. Jesus gives a second, he goes for that second chance at that first impression. Jesus looks deep into people, deeper than most people look at people. Jesus looks not at the surface. Jesus looks to the soul. And you can see that as you read through the, through the Bible. As you, and you see that with all the people that Jesus met. I mean, you see that with, there was a woman uh, who met Jesus at a well. It was in the middle of the day. Everybody's hot. Everybody's thirsty. You know, they come along to the well, and Jesus meets this woman. And she's been married five times, and the guy she's living with now is not, she's not married to, but it's her sixth, you know, sixth living or whatever. You know how that went over in Bible times? About as well as it went over today, you know. It just doesn't. It just doesn't play well. I mean, you know, people form an impression about people like that, you know. And there was this other guy who was so kind of out of his mind, crazy that he had to live in restraints. They had to restrain him all the time. In fact, they couldn't restrain him, and so he kept on breaking out of it. And when he would break out of it, you know, he would go. He kind of go crazy. He lived. Uh, he lived in the graveyard. It says he ran around among the tombstones. People form impressions about people like that. (laughs) Jesus met that guy. Jesus was with that guy. Jesus was with a guy who was kind of a short little guy named Zacchaeus, you know. And um, nothing about being short. I'm not about, you know, I'm I'm not one to cast stones in that direction, I want to tell you. But, you know, uh, Jesus, what happens with Zacchaeus is he's a fraud. He's a cheat. <laughs> He's a thief. <laughs> you know? Jesus comes along to all three of those people. And what Jesus does with all three of those people, I mean, he sees what's on the surface. I, I guarantee he sees what's on the surface. But he sees beneath the surface. He sees what's buried deep beneath the surface. As I said, he's the guy that Jesus looks into people's souls. And when he looks into their souls, you know what he sees when he looks in their souls? He sees a child of God. 
he sees what the Bible says in Genesis is that we are created in God's image. That's when he sees when he looks into people's souls way down there. But you know what? He also sees that that is buried so deep in them that dignity, that worth, that beauty, that strength, that's buried so deep in them that they can't see it for themselves and they can't claim it for themselves and they can't live it for themselves. And so what Jesus does is he draws alongside of them. And as he draws alongside, he connects with them. He connects with them in ways that he has conversation and in ways that he goes beyond conversation. In ways that he ministers to them. He ministers forgiveness. And he ministers healing. And he ministers encouragement. And he ministers hope. And he challenges them. And he calls them forward. And he builds them up. And he brings them forward. And what he brings forward in them is new creation. In a way that the apostle writes, if anyone connects with Christ, you know what begins to happen? New creation begins to happen. All these old things that we worry about and form first impressions about, well, they're kind of fading away. Because what's coming forward is what God has put deep within each and every one of us. That we can't grasp hold of for ourselves. But Jesus grasps hold of for us. And so we look at Jesus in that way, and so when we look at Jesus in that way, that L that stands on the top of his head, what does that mean now? It means Lord, love. It means Lord. It means love, and it means Lord. That's what the L means. That's what it means to look at Jesus from a faith point of view. I want to tell you, friends, what Jesus does with that woman, what Jesus does for the guy in restraints, what Jesus does for little Zacchaeus, Jesus does the same for each and every one of us. Jesus does it for me, and Jesus does it for you, because the scripture says this morning, if anyone, anyone, Underline, 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 anyone, anyone, anyone. So what happens is, you know, when we come, and I love that song, you know, sometimes when we come is brokenness and strife. Sometimes when we come on that mountaintop, but sometimes when I come, and maybe sometimes when you come, I'm defeated and I'm discouraged. There's sometimes when I come that I feel judged and I feel less than. There are sometimes when I come that I feel guilty or I feel ashamed. There are sometimes when I come that I feel that I failed. And you know what I put on my own forehead? This. There are sometimes when I come that that's the label that I feel like I carry. And I tell you, when you and I come, however we come, we need to know the old is passing. Away. The old is passing away. That's what it says. And it says that what Jesus is doing is bringing forward the new. That what Jesus does for them in terms of forgiveness, healing, strengthening, and loving, and challenging, and encouraging, and drawing out and drawing forward, all those things that we see Jesus doing for everybody else, Jesus does the same for you and for me. And Jesus does it through friends. He 
you know, through friends that we share together here and friends that you share outside. Jesus does it through words of scripture. Sometimes you hear a word of scripture, man, that scripture just kind of, it's like, man, it just kind of hits you, grabs you. Jesus does it through beautiful music because sometimes it's not so much about the mind, it's about the heart. You hear this beautiful music and it just lifts you. Sometimes it's just about the quietness of prayer, the Holy Spirit. I mean, there's just so many ways that Jesus is close and Jesus connects. But you and I need to know that what God is working is God is doing a new thing. God is making, bringing forward a new creation. That's what Jesus is doing. He's doing it for you and for me. He's doing it through you. Because you see, part of affirming that Jesus is coming along and that Jesus is near to me or Jesus is near to you and that Jesus is at work in our lives, part of affirming that and believing that is believing it is not simply for me. It's not simply for you. It says, if anyone, if anyone, they're in the creation. So here's what I want to invite you to do. Let's bring up the pictures. Think about your first impression. Homeless. Lost. Can you think in your mind? Oh, back up. New creation. Can you say in your mind? Next, prosperous, successful, powerful. Can you think in your mind, new creation? Next, across every race, can you think, new creation? Next, across genders, can you think, new creation, the pictures stop there, you and I know life doesn't stop there, applause, political differences, can you think, new creation, across nationalities, can you think, new creation, across gender orientations, can you think, new creation, you get the picture, what happens is, form a first impression, but even as we form a first impression, we want to go beyond the label. We want to go beyond the label. We want to look deeper. We want to take the next step. We want to thank the new creation. Because I tell you, that's what God's called us to do. It says in the scripture this morning, God was in Christ reconciling all of us to himself and then giving to all of us the ministry of reconciliation says that we are ambassadors for Christ. And what that means is that the way people that are around us, no matter what they look like, whatever is going on, the way they're going to find out that they can be a new creation, that God loves them, is God, it says, is making his appeal through you and me. And what that means is that we make Jesus appealing. That means that what we do is when we see people and when we relate to people, we do so in a way that we say, you know what, God's working something beautiful in your life. And I believe that for you, even as I believe it for me. So we live and work out of that framework in a 
ambassador. God making appeal through you and me. And I'll tell you, when we do that, God does touch lives. And God shapes the stories of lives of the people who are around us. And let me share with you a, a story that I like. It's one of my favorite stories. And you probably, you may, well, I shouldn't say probably. Maybe you've heard this story before. Maybe you haven't heard this story before. This is a, this is a preacher story, you know, so it kind of gets circulated. But it is a great story and very worth telling right at this particular moment. It's about some folks, a couple. And, and they decided to take a vacation, and they were going uh, through Tennessee. They were on the Blue Ridge Parkway. You know, when you travel through the Blue Ridge Parkway and you're driving through the Smoky Mountains, and this man is a, is a beautiful, beautiful scene. And so they're driving along, and they decide, you know, they're, well, they're going to have breakfast at this cafe. So they pull into this cafe, and they're, you know, getting their first cup of coffee, and as they're getting their first cup of coffee, they notice that there's a gentleman in the cafe who is kind of an uh, older gentleman, a distinguished gentleman. He's kind of moving from table to table to table, talking with everybody in the cafe. So as he's moving and talking, the, the, the husband is thinking, man, I hope the guy doesn't come over here, you know, because I'm just not interested in having a chatty conversation today. Have I had my first cup of coffee yet? And I just, I'm not into this, you know. And, and so he's, that's what he's thinking. But the guy keeps on coming over and he sits down at their table. And so the oh, no, you know. Oh, glad you're here. You know, where are you from? And, and they say, well, we're from Texas. He says, welcome to Tennessee. I am so glad you're in Tennessee. You know, I have heard that, that Texans love good stories. And they go, oh, my gosh, you know, here we go. <laughs> what a lead in, you know. And so he says, well, let me tell you this good story. He says, you see that mountain over there? And so they look out through the window and they see that mountain kind of in the distance. He says, well, I want to tell you. A long time back, there was a boy that was born over there uh, to an unwed mother. You know, an unwed mother's in the hills of Tennessee, that's, that's a pretty hard road. And, uh, and the townspeople were not too forgiving. And what the townspeople did with that, you know, young boys he grew up, is they had a way of just kind of sticking the knife. You know how people can do that? And the way that that town did that, the way they stuck the knife was they just asked this simple question. Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? <laughs> you know, the kids ask it at school. Who's your daddy? You know, goes to the drugstore. Who's your daddy? <laughs> Grocery store. Who's your daddy? Oh, oh man, you know, everywhere he's going, people are kind of, kind of twisting the knife. And so the kid learns, Scott, we gotta kind of withdraw, gotta stay away from folks, because this is this. Every time the knife twists, this hurts, you know. And so he, he decides that, you know, he just kind of avoid people, and, and he does that with church, too. And so he grows up, and what he does is he gets used to coming into church late, leaving church early, so nobody's going to be, you know, asking the question. But there was one Sunday where he's coming along, and he, he kind of, they got a new preacher in town, and the new preacher, he's kind of caught up in what the new preacher was saying, and he didn't get out fast enough. So when he didn't get out fast enough, the new preacher, you know, goes back there, standing at the door, shaking hands like preachers do, particularly early on. And, and so he's shaking hands, and, he, and the boy comes along, he starts shaking the, the boy's hand, and he says, hey, hey, I don't know you, who's your daddy? <laughs> well, oh my gosh, even the preacher's doing it. <laughs> it's bad. 
you know, you expect maybe the kids at school to do it or maybe the, the mean people down at the drugstore or something to do it, but you don't expect the preacher to ask, well, you know, do stuff like that. So, you know, so everybody goes, boom, you know, kind of catch their breath, you know. And all of a sudden the preacher realizes that he stepped in it. And every once in a while, and preachers do step in it, you know, and every, you realize, oh my gosh, I stepped in it. Because it's quiet, it's silent. And he kind of reads the crowd and he reads what's happening. And he's holding the boy's hand, looks down at the boy's face. He says, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I see. I see the family resemblance. child of God. I know your daddy. You are a child of God. And that little boy, when he heard that, he wasn't ever the same again. He wasn't ever the same again. Because that's what people need to know. <laughs> that they are children of God. That we are children of God. And when we do that, never the same again. And so the gentleman says, hey, you know, to the people, wasn't that a great story? Oh, yeah, 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 that was a good story. He says, you know. So he stands up to leave, and as he walks away from the table, he says, you know, if that preacher hadn't told me that, I don't know where I'd be in life. If that preacher hadn't told me that, I don't know where I'd be in life. See, if people don't hear the story, you don't know where where they're going to be in life. You just don't know. And then, then the couple, they were kind of dumbfounded, and the guy walks on, and then the, the guy, the husband, signals the waitress over, says, hey, come on over. You know, who is that? And the waitress says, oh, man, that's Ben Hooper. Ben is the former governor of the state of Tennessee. I don't know where story. Everybody needs to hear that story. And everybody needs somebody to tell them that story. We're all new creations. We're all new creations. The old is passing. The new is coming. That's what Jesus does. Jesus invites us into that. To share, to live, and to give that story. Everyone's a child of God. And so here's my invitation to you as we close up this morning. I'm going to ask you not to be the seven-second person. I'm going to ask you not to be the seven-second person. I'm going to ask you to be a ten-second person. Ten-second. Here's what happens. In the first seven, when you and I form impressions do what we always do. <laughs> That's just what we do. We're just going to do it. But I want you to take the last three, those last three seconds with whoever you need. And I want you to say, I no longer look at someone from a human point of view. That's what the scripture says this morning. We don't look at people from a human point of view. We just say, in Christ, Take that three seconds. Just say those two words. New creation. 